You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Good, man. Good, bro. Can't complain, man. How about you? Chilling. You know, Chiefs give us no time off. You know, that other team is still, they, they turn and run is continuing, so... Here we are going to Chicago, leaving tomorrow, and uh, you know you should be you should be happy, man. They're giving you a reason to travel around this beautiful country, man. I knew you was gonna have some something rosy to say, man. I didn't even, I didn't even want to start with that because I knew you was gonna have some this big old smile on your face. <laughs> Aaron Lad continues dancing, baby. <laughs> I tried to grit you the other day. <laughs> it didn't really work out too well. You know, I had to, I had to leave the gritty at home next time. <laughs> Man, got folks coming in, joining us here. We on Twitter Spaces Tuesdays at seven. Some weeks I, I look forward. I look forward to the pod. I, 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 we were, we were messaging this week. I was like, yo, this, this week, I'm, I'm excited. We got, we got, we got a conversation that we've been having since the inception of this pod. Maybe we uh we got a little bit more uh to talk about with with Juju Smith Schuster coming over. Yeah, man. You know I've been banging the table for a wide receiver too, so my prayers have been answered. <laughs> you must be living right. You 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 must have just just prayed enough, or maybe you've been doing your chores, brushing your teeth. You know, some something has worked out for you. When I saw this one come across. Uh, I, I immediately thought of, of, of Mark Gunnels banging the table for a wide receiver, too. Yeah, I see. You didn't waste no time at me on here. You were like, <laughs> oh, here we go with the emo- with the eye emojis. <laughs> you already knew what it was, man. But, yeah, I'm happy to see Juju and KC. Yeah, so we'll just jump right into it. The details, uh, we're getting more of those. Juju Smith-Schuster obviously had his uh, introductory press conference with KC as well. but. Um, it's a one-year deal, uh, around $3 million, $3.2 million, um, is, is the cap number with incentives that could bring it up to $10.25. Uh, I believe there's an AFC championship incentive in there and, and a lot of uh, statistic-based incentives as well. Regardless of the fact, you bring a guy who, who we know is talented, big-body receiver, got injured last year, but at his peak, the 2018 year, uh, this is a 1,400-yard <laughs> guy. Um, what's your just initial reaction to having having a new number nine? Because I think he's number nine now. Yeah, number nine, number nine. So 
yeah, my initial reaction was relief, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, he's been a guy that the Chiefs have been linked to since last year. He decided to go back and run it back one last time with Big Ben. And, you know, I was thinking, you can't say no to Patrick Mahomes twice, right? Like, like how would that look? Like, I said no to the best quarterback in the world two years in a row. Two years in a row. So he couldn't do that, man. He couldn't do that. And how about the deal you got him at? I mean, what a bargain. And this is the ultimate betting on myself situation, which plays perfectly for the Chiefs, obviously, because you should get the best Juju Smith-Schuster. And speaking of the best Juju Smith-Schuster, you mentioned that year in 2018, 1,400 yards, over 100 catches, seven touchdowns. The one thing that's very similar from that year to now is he had a legit number one opposite of him. Obviously, Antonio Brown back then. And now you have Tyreek Hill plus Travis Kelsey to take attention away from him. And he's only 25 years old. Yeah, you touched on a few things there that I really like. Uh, the number has got to be what you overall love about this move. This is a guy that Andy Reid was texting pictures of the Lombardi Trophy to last offseason. He decides to run it back one more time with Big Ben. Um, whether he regrets that decision or not, I know that was something that came up in the, in the introductory press conference. He's here in KC. The number's right. And, and it's a prove-it type deal. He even kind of talked and touched on that a little bit. Um, when talking with reporters that he felt like KC was a place where he could shine, he could prove to potential suitors what he can do, and, and this could also be a long-term destination for him as well. Uh, it, 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 we talked about this forever, man. Why receiver two? Is this a guy that you're expecting to immediately come in and, and fill that void, immediately come in and, and command that type of attention, or is he just another uh toy in the offense no he definitely fills that void I mean like I mentioned we saw what this guy can do when he's next to a number one when he had Antonio Brown now you have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to take away attention from you and he's a guy that can beat man-to-man -man coverage he's very physical he's strong he has strong hands he's not the fastest guy in the world but with his physicality he's capable of beating jam coverage Times right, and also when he gets the ball in his hands, he's a guy that has pretty good yak, especially for a guy that's not that fast because he just has a way of finding the weak spots in the defense, especially in the zones. Like I say, he's a very physical runner, so when he has the balls in his hands, he's kind of like a running back, you know, he'll stiff arm a guy. I mean, he's not scared of contact, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on. You know, the situation, you know, he got hurt last year, obviously. But he's a very, very physical runner when he has the ball in his hands. And one thing people aren't really mentioning, he's also one of the best blocking receivers in the league. So when you have the running game or you do those jet sweeps and motions with McCole Hartman on the outside, Juju's a guy that you can run behind because he's not scared of contact. Absolutely. You mentioned he was hurt last year, so let's throw that one out. Looking at the 2020 numbers, 128 targets, 97 catches, uh, 831 yards, and nine touchdowns. 
I, I kind of, you mentioned him being a big body. I kind of want to see the Chiefs use him in a similar fashion as McCole Hardman. I think it would be beneficial to get Juju Smith-Schuster the ball as quickly as possible and let him get into space. You touched on his his yards after catch ability. Uh, this is a guy that I feel like could play in that wrinkle, can play in that role. We're ta- we, we've seen uh, the Chiefs' propensity to have bubble screens and, and get wide receivers out in space and uh, we know Andy Reid's propensity to use his running backs in that space. I think Juju Smith-Schuster fits right into that role. Uh, obviously, you need a guy to stay healthy this year, and, and it's, a, it's advantageous for Juju as well to stay healthy with the with the incentives. That's probably the one thing that gives me pause about this whole thing before immediately hitting the wide receiver two button that you've been clutching for the last year. Uh, I, I need this guy to be healthy on the field uh, in order to really produce. Yeah, 100%. I think last year that injury was kind of one of those freak injuries. You know, it didn't happen to his leg or, you know, things like nothing like that, obviously. It was one of those just, you know, unfortunate situations. But I think he should be fine. Um, and like like I said before, too, I think people don't realize. And it feels like he's been around a lot longer than he really has. He's only 25 years old. Like, he's barely older than McCole Hardman. But it feels like McCall Hartman is still like this young guy trying to figure things out. Where we look at Juju as kind of this seasoned veteran, when that's really not the case at all. And like you said about getting the ball to him quick, I totally agree with that. And he's already been used to that the last couple of years because Big Ben can't throw the ball past <laughs> 10 yards. So he's had no choice but to get the ball quick, you know, bubble screens and little quick slants and stuff like that because Big Ben simply wasn't capable of pushing the ball down the field. So I think you will see a lot of that. But also, I think Juju's also excited to get some down-the-field shots, things in the seams, because, like I said, he should have a lot of one-on-one coverage and have a lot of openings, especially against zone coverage. Talking Juju Smith-Schuster here on on Coast to Coast, I I think the price tag is one where it also convinces me maybe they're not done yet at the position. Uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if if they added another one just for depth. Juju's obviously a good piece, but but the number there makes me seem like they're not done. A quick over-under on Juju. Um, we're, we're doing targets, catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns for him in his first year with the Chiefs. We'll start with targets. My question to you, Mark Gunnell, 75 targets over-under. I'm going to go over. I'll go over there. I think he'll get. I, I think he'll go over that as well. Uh, a lot of attention, and uh, if he is in the slot, there will be opportunities to pay off. Sixty-five catches over under. Oh, I'm, I'm slamming the over here. I'm slamming it. Are we? Are we betting the house here? Or what you yeah, think? this is what this is. I'm. I want to wait till you give me the other numbers first, because I might like one of those more. So I don't want to say bet the house yet. But yeah, I'm slamming the over on that. Obviously, hurt last year. Fifteen catches. Twenty twenty. Ninety seven. 2019, 42, and then the big breakout year in 2018, 111 catches. Uh, let's go to receiving yards now, 650 over under. Okay, this is bet the house. This is definitely bet the house. <laughs> bet the house over? Yeah, yeah, 650, that's it? Is he a 1,000-yard receiver in your opinion? Would you, would you go that high? I mean, I'm not going to predict that, but I think he will flirt with it. Like, I think he's going to be over 900 yards. Like, I, I think he's going to be in that 800 to nine. 50 area like i feel comfortable in that range this is where yeah 650 you're you're being very generous on that i'm taking all your money there well here's what i think and we've always heard like oh 
they need to replace somebody in the Sammy Watkins role. Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, I believe, his biggest year in KC was was in the 700s. I mean, 650 would put you in that vein. And, and do you want a guy who's going to be big number uh, yards or, or more touchdowns? That's that's kind of where I went with the 650. I think you'd probably be closer to that than, than 1,000. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. Then also you have to consider with Sammy Watkins that year, he missed, what, three games, I believe. This is not this is not considering what they do in the postseason as well. Six fifty is, is the number we said over under for Juju Smith Schuster's receiving yard totals in his first year in KC. Let us know what you think here on Twitter Live. Last one for Mark Gunnels is uh, four and a half touchdowns over under Juju Smith Schuster. Are you setting these odds? I mean, I'm just, yo. Are you <laughs> the one? Are you the one that did this? <laughs> of course. That's that's easy over. That is easy. Four and a half? That's four, it? Four and a half is the number, sir. Yes. Over. Yes. Easy. That's easy. So you you obviously are are, are looking pretty high at Mr. Juju Smith-Schuster. You, you heard him and what he talked about his press conference and being a prove-it year. What, uh, are you going all in? You, you betting the house? I mean, yeah. I wish you were my bookie, like, 24-7. Like, I would be rich. <laughs> Like these odds are very, very generous. I'm letting you set the odds next. Ne- next signing, when Cole <laughs> Beasley headed into Arrowhead, well, <laughs> whoever. Like that? I thought you were gonna say six and a half for touchdowns. Four and a half? That's it. Six and a half. You're still going over. Now that one's that's close. That's close. I think I'll still slightly go over. I'm thinking seven. That's the number in my head. But yeah, four and a half. Oh my gosh definitely over i forgot that you were mr betting extraordinaire i'm going to you for all my lines from here on out yeah hit me up man i got you man (laughs) having some fun here on chiefs coast to coast appreciate y'all tapping in with us talking about chiefs wide receivers might as well go ahead and mention uh marcus robinson looks like he's on the move to a to a contender in division uh we knew this was probably the way it was headed now that it's official uh, does it change your opinion of, of number 11 no, um, I'm glad he's gone. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I know he's a great guy off the field. I'm sure he's done a lot of things in the community. So I don't want to say it like that. You know, I know he has a family and things like that. So the community is going to miss him. But on the field, nobody in Chiefs Kingdom is going to miss Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, he got caught in the memes, at least in my world, because of oh, it's like his first set was always backwards, man. I, I couldn't really understand that one. Um, and I think we talked about it after the AFC title game. Uh, Marcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, the Chiefs really needing to upgrade that position. Uh, and it looks like they're on their way with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a 2,000-yard receiver in the opinion of Mark Gunnels. All right, I didn't go. I didn't say all that. I mean, <laughs> I just think the man would get over what you said, 650. So, yeah. Yeah, I just threw this tweet into here about uh, Byron Pringle headed out to uh, Ryan Pace getting a look at at his guy in Chicago, and 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 I think he was a guy that was coming on very late towards the end of the year. We talked about that on on, on the debut pod. Uh, playoff P was 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 Byron Pringle for a long time. He was who Mahomes trusted in the red zone. Um, had three scores through the first two playoff games as well. Uh, he's a guy that's headed to Chicago. Is that another guy you already packed his bags for? You met him at KCI and just. Made sure. Nah, Brian Pringle. I, I like Pringle. I was a big uh, Pringle supporter. I, I was a guy that actually said I wish he had more opportunities and more targets. 
I mean, he was a guy that when he caught the ball, I mean, we saw the type of yak he would get, and he had strong hands. Now, there were some times where he had some drops at kind of bad times, but still, overall, I mean, he definitely overachieved. Obviously, a K-State guy, so he's local, so a lot of uh, connections there, obviously. So, yeah, I wasn't um, packing my bags, packing his bags like I am for D-Rob, but when you get Juju Smith-Schuster, he's basically uh, a Pringle on steroids, if you would, so that kind of erased that wound for me. Yeah, it, it the writing was kind of on the wall. I heard uh, Andy Reid say something at Indy about Pringle and his chip deal, and it was it almost read like a not, not an obituary, but you knew the time was uh was probably up for him and KC. Uh, is a due to contributor. Same for for um, Demarcus Robinson. But and like I said, I, I don't I don't think they're done at the wide receiver position. Yes, you bring Juju in, but the number just once again it makes me feel like. Uh, they know that there's work to be done still at that position, and, and possibly somebody they could they could draft for. Yeah, that's what it screams to me. I don't see nobody le- left on the market that would be worth going after at this point. To be quite frank with you, I mean, I know Jarvis Landry doesn't sign yet, but I would imagine that he would be a little bit out the Chiefs' price range at this point, and have other needs to fill. So other guys out there, but like you said, the draft. I mean, I think they'll definitely draft a receiver. It just depends on where. Now, will they do it at 30? I don't think so. But if a certain guy falls there, I think they might bite the bullet. And I'm talking about Jamison Williams from Alabama. Obviously, he's coming off the injury. So he may still be there. I am still don't think he will. I think somebody like a Buffalo or somebody ahead of us would take him. But if he's there at 30, I think it'll be hard-pressed for Veach to pass up on him. Let's do one more thing on Juju before we finish up the departures. Talking uh, Chiefs here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Twitter Spaces, 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, and of course on the podcast page after that. Uh, one of his comments that really got a lot of traction, and I saw you chime in on this as well, was, uh, uh, of course, his TikTok dances. I don't think this was as big of a deal at, as people tried to make it towards the end uh, in Pittsburgh. He danced on a couple logos. To my understanding, Mike Tomlin and him had a conversation. Uh, the TikToks on the logo stopped, but maybe he was still dancing. Uh, whatever that is, he was asked about it here in KC. He said he was not here to do that. He was here to work. He was here to win. It wasn't a yes, wasn't a no. I saw you said you really don't care. Uh, but Chiefs Kingdom seems to care, Mark. Should they care as much as they do? No, it makes no sense to me. And I'll never understand why people care so much that a grown man is dancing on an app. It it makes no sense to me. It doesn't matter. As long as he's available and playing on Sundays and scoring touchdowns, nobody's going to care if he is dancing to Corvette Corvette with Jackson Mahomes. Nobody is going to care. And if you do, then, hey, that's your prerogative. But to me, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm all for it. Dance on teams' logos. I don't care. Go ahead. What's it's not going to change what happens in the game. Like Ooh. I hate when people say, "Well, you're going to add extra motivation because you danced on my logo." If if it took Juju to dance on your logo to give you extra motivation, then you're already in the wrong sport. 
I think that there's, and we talked about this, optics mattering to a certain point. Um, oh, here you go with the optics. Oh, my gosh. Optics absolutely matter in this. And, and this happened in the Chiefs world last year. We saw the Raiders do their little on the logo, whatever. Um, was it? it and, and it just it, it back for it. I want to make sure I'm talking about the right game. Was it the Raiders that did that? Yeah, it, it was the Raiders. It was the Raiders. Yeah, it, it was, was the Raiders, Raiders game in KC. And I, I did it add extra motivation? Who knows? Can you even really measure that type of thing? Um, no, but to the casual fan, this is how they know Juju Smith Schuster. This was their introduction to him. I don't, I, I it doesn't bother me one way or another, doesn't keep me up at night. Uh, but there's a time and a place for everything. I know. Are you, are you I, sure, man? I think it keeps you up at night. Are you sure it doesn't? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, I'm nightmare. I have nightmares about Corvette, Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps me up at night. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm with you. It's silly. He didn't seem like he really wanted to talk about it a lot. And uh, maybe it's something that grew legs of its own. And now he's sick and tired of it. Uh, who knows? But I don't think it. I don't think it's that big of a deal as people will make it. It, it, it seemed to be the only thing people care about that, and what the barbecue he had when he first touched down. <laughs> well, you know, they always ask guys that when they first sign to either the Royals or Chiefs or whatever. There's always a question at the press conference: uh, What kind of barbecue you like? Have you been to a barbecue spot yet? And I saw he said he went to Q39, which Q39 is good, but it's not top three though. It's it's up there, dog. No? I mean, it's, it's not it's not it's not in my top three in Kansas City personally. I don't know if we've had this conversation before. What, what, what's your what's your top three KC barbecue spots? Gates, LCs, and Big T's. Big T's. You got to put me on the first two I've been to and I've heard I've heard of. Where's Big T's? Hey man, you gotta go to the hood, man. I, I'll DM you after this, man. You gotta go to the hood, man. I know you got sponsorships on sponsorships. Yeah, man. You got to get off Westport, man. You got to go to the hood, man. Stop it. I got slaps in my <laughs> People need to show their respects for slaps. Slaps is up there for me. Oh, man. We're, yeah, let, let's move on. Let's move on. Yo, come on. Really? Slaps? That's how I know you're not from Kansas City, man. I know it's on the KCK side, but slaps needs a little bit more love, man. It, it really does. Their burn-ins are up there. They're, Maybe they're, okay. You know what? You know what? I'm coming back to KC in May, so we're gonna link up. We're gonna record a video. We're gonna go to Slaps, okay? And I'll give it a shot. I'll be open minded. How about that? I love it. Absolutely. We we taking the show on the road here on, on Chiefs Coast to Coast. <laughs> we talked about departures a little bit earlier. I want to wrap that up uh, before kind of touching on the signings a little bit. Jaron Reed finds a new home. He's headed to Green Bay, and Mike Hughes leaves for Detroit, I believe. Uh, any quick notes on on those guys? Mike Hughes, I packed his bags. See you later. Uh, as far as Jaron Reed goes, I mean, I'm not going to cry wolf that he's gone, but I kind of thought maybe he could have came back on a one-year cheap deal because obviously when they, re when they kept Frank Clark, we know they played together in Seattle and they were very close. So I thought maybe that was kind of a package deal. But, I mean, I'm not going to cry a river that Jaron Reed is gone. But he did come on the second half of the season. I will give him that, though. He did come on the second half of the year. Uh, I'm more so, I think the important thing now is uh, this is a long offseason, folks. And I'm sure people are looking at the D-line room right now and they're looking at the, the defensive backs room and they're saying, what is this? This is." <laughs> I saw somebody today say, currently it looks like 
one of the worst defenses in the league just on paper. This is not a finished product. The offseason is not over yet. The draft has not happened yet. There will be another wave of free agent signings. Please do not hit the panic button just yet. But at the same time, there are holes that need to be filled in both of those. I mean, Brett B said it himself uh, in his post end of the year, 45 minute state of the union zoom. Uh, that D line room, it, it needs some work. It's a work in progress. It's got a face. Only a mother could love. There's <laughs> <laughs> still some holes that need to be fixed. I know we touched on Frank Clark last week, but I would still like to see him in and out with a rotational piece and, and Jaron Reed going to green Bay doesn't help you with that. Mark Gunnels. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation? If you're just sitting around like you would at home, you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I see you, Stefan. You got the request in there. If you guys have any questions, we're going to get to you guys the last 10 minutes or so in about, what, 20 minutes, roughly. So make sure you guys send a request and we'll get to your questions towards the end of this podcast. But yeah, you're right, Aaron, for sure. But like you said, it's not a finished product yet. There's still a lot of guys out there that I think could be realistic possibilities. Obviously, this draft we've heard time and time again, it's very, very deep along the defensive line. So you can get value guys later in the draft, you know, third round, fourth round, fifth round. And we know Brett Veach, as of late, has been hitting on those late picks, right? So I know right now it doesn't look like a finished product. It looks like what the heck is going on. And I totally understand. But Calm down, because if you remember last year, the Chiefs didn't have a left tackle up until the draft. I mean, before the draft. And then in late April, out of nowhere, he trades and gets Orlando Brown Jr. So he understands it. He knows what's going on. Relax. It's going to be fine. Absolutely. Saw uh, Orlando Brown Jr.'s market could be shifting 
with the Armstead deal that just got done right before we hopped on. Uh, still looking for that situation to get resolved. And did you see Charberry's Ward's uh, introductory press conference or that one that one fun moment from it? Did you happen to see that? Yeah, where he talked about, he was like, you guys are asking some corny questions or something like that. <laughs> what was the exact quote? I'm not going to say, this is a family program, Mr. Oh, okay. I, okay. I forgot I forgot it was, okay. But yeah, he was like, basically, you guys are asking some whack questions. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it, it's cool, you know, cool to see him land in a good spot. We talked about that being a win. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he went to San Francisco, and he's like, where's Aaron Ladd at? Asking uh... <laughs> you know, there's not an Aaron Ladd here in San Fran, man. You funny guy. Uh, we on Twitter. We on Chiefs Coast to Coast with uh, Neil Armstrong, Mark Gunnels. This man loves space more than anybody. What are the What are the holes that KC still needs to fill? We got. We're gonna jump around a little bit here. Uh, in your opinion, what's the glaring needs? We know there's some things that they're gonna get addressed depth wise in, in, in the draft. Do you see any glaring needs? Something that that needs to be addressed before Week One ASAP? Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, pass rusher on the edge. But you got Frank Clark. Oh, come on, Aaron. <laughs> what you got for the Clark back? Come you on. Mean? Come on, Aaron. You're, you're, you're being funny now. You're being funny. Frank Clark shouldn't be your primary edge rusher in 2022. I like him as a rotational piece, but if that's your primary edge rusher, that's an issue. That's an issue. So that obviously corner i mean corner may be the most glaring need right now i'm not even sure who they're going to line up outside of sneed and fenton at this moment so that's definitely a glaring issue and also i'll say this as well a third safety obviously you got justin reed you got juan thornhill but we know spags loves the three safety look and I know where Chiefs fans are thinking right now. No, do not bring back Daniel Sorensen as the third safety. He's a free agent. And let him be. Let him stay that way. Let somebody else pick him up if they feel like they can fix him or can use him. But he should not be the third safety on this roster. I think they can find that in the draft because – like I said, I know they like to run a lot of three safety looks, but that's not something where I would press in free agency for. I think you could find that in the in the draft. But those are the main three things for me. Offensively, I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I mean, I would draft another receiver, obviously. If he's there, Jamison Williams in the first round would be my guy. But you can find some good – guys in the draft second third fourth round this is a very deep draft at receiver as well the offensive line is already set in my opinion uh running back i mean we already know andy reed will never fully commit to the running game so as long as you have serviceable running backs a two or three running back system that's going to be fine and you already have the offensive line they're very physical they're actually better at run blocking than they are pass protection right now so I don't think it really matters who you have back there. I think you'll be fine regardless. And obviously, you got Juju Smith-Schuster now as your wide receiver, too. So offensively, I think they're pretty much set. But, yeah, defensively, edge, corner, and a third safety. I think we're going to ring off uh, in agreement on all of these. I'll, I'll jump around and kind of and push back at their set on offense. 
I got to see a a running back come back with a familiar face. I don't understand why a deal with Jared McKinnon hasn't been struck up yet. I know he's a little bit older uh, and has had injury troubles in the past. We saw what he could do in the playoffs. We saw how explosive he is with the ball in his hands in space. I mean, you think about an Andy Reid-type running back, a a guy who's shifty and likes to move around with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think Jared McKinnon fits in. And and as soon as I saw him at Mahomes' bachelor party, I'm like, yo, this is – this is done. The deal's already done. They're just waiting to get back from Hawaii. Uh, why has that not been done yet? Jarrett McKinnon is a guy I feel like should be back in the fold. If not, um, draft another another flavor of running back, as Andy Reid would call them. He likes to have different style backs and different guys he can move around. Um, I, I, I would like to see that happen. Corners a no-brainer, man. They need they need a <laughs> they need somebody who's gonna step up. They need somebody who's gonna play week one. Are they are they drafting their week one corner? Is, are we all in agreement on that? Is, is that something that we all understand now? Because it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very strong possibility if that, especially if they don't get somebody in free agency and it's already kind of drying up. I mean, I would love to have a Stefan Gilmore. Hey, I know he's still out there. I'm not sure what his price tag is. I saw a report a few days ago that said uh, his numbers coming down. So I'm not exactly sure where is it coming down from. But he's still a guy that can play. What you say though? You don't think that's realistic? Uh that they're mid-level shoppers. All the deals that they've shown us so far shows us what they where, where they wallets at. I think they're out of the Stefan Gill. Now, if he wants to win, if you want to have a Mark Gunnels talk and say, oh, legacy, oh, come to Casey and build your legacy, then sure. But I mean, you- but how much do you think Gilmore is really demanding at this point in his career? It's a good question. Uh he, he, he I think he probably wants to see the offers and has seen the offers and is probably disappointed with where they're they're at. And at that point, you got to either come down on the years or the or or the a the average annual income. And uh, he's probably making that decision now. This is what we talked about last pod, though. Like, there's gonna be another wave. There's gonna be uh there's gonna be guys that are still available. I mean, I retweeted a list from from Dub the other day. There's a lot of guys still out there, man, including your boy. Who's my boy? Shut up. Who? Your first picture on Instagram is with who? Oh, you talking about Tyron Matthew. <laughs> I was really genuinely wondering who you were talking about. <laughs> Still a 1% shot? Because last pod you said 1% chance he's back in the, the red and gold. Is he higher now? No, it still stays at 1%. Now, the question is, are you going from... You're 0.1 to 1% now. <laughs> I mean, how can you not at this point? I think the longer it draws on, you know, you start thinking about your ex a little bit. But yeah. uh, I think maybe ego ego is another thing we got we to gotta get through in this. I'm not saying from which side. I think both sides are guilty of this. But in order to come to that, you got to... There has to have been some bridges, some bridges mended over the time being. That's what they call it a cool off period. Both parties had to have cooled off a little bit. Now that's fair. And that's why it's only 1%. Because I think from Tyron's side, I'm going to say, I think it's more on his side as far as the ego. Because the fact that they already got Justin Reed, who quote unquote is his replacement. So in his mind, he's like, okay, you guys are already moving on. You guys don't think I'm, you know as valuable as I think I am. So I don't see him running back to the Chiefs, even if it made sense and his market is drying up, which it seems like it is because 
I thought the Ravens would be a, a team that would get them. They already got their safety. I thought the Saints for sure would have got him because that's his hometown team and they already got their safety. So, I mean, where's he going to go? I mean, the Raiders, I'm really not sure. Yeah. One more note on Gilmore. You said, what's his average value? I'm looking at slays around 16 and a half. Um, I mean, Gilmore's going to want to be in that range really 14 or 15 a year. Uh, I just think that that's, it's too rich for Casey's blood. Yeah, if it's that price, then yeah, that, that's too much. I was thinking maybe ten per year could be the Chiefs' range. I mean, I know they did free up some cap space today with Joe Tooney, but that yeah, was yeah, so that was, was kind of interesting. That was that freed up some room for, for Casey to wiggle, and I don't think that was going to be that was well reported coming into the year that they had the ability to do that with his deal. I know everybody's assuming that Mahomes uh, will free up some space too with some restructure there, but. Uh, this is from Field Yates. They converted about twelve point eight million base salary into a signing bonus. Got about nine and a half in twenty twenty cap space. It's room, man. That the Frank Clark deal. Uh, you're assuming very soon we will get that Tyreek Hill news. I feel like we got pump faked on that one. We got Carmelo from the sideline meme at that one. I mean, we just we waiting on some moves there. But Brett Veach doing what Brett Veach does, and that's create wiggle room. Yeah, when it comes to Tyreek, you know what ruined that, right? Yeah, the Christian Kirk. Well, no, not just that. Devontae Adams, too. Ah, Devontae. I forgot about that. It's, it's been yeah. so many deals, man. Yeah, Devontae getting 28 a year. And look, I think Devontae is the best receiver in the league. But that doesn't matter what I think because Tyreek Hill in his camp can pitch, hey, I'm the most feared receiver in the league. I'm younger than Adams. Adams is going to turn 30 years old this year. Tyree's only 27. So he can pitch, hey, I deserve just as much. And he has an argument. He's younger. He's more dynamic. Teams have to game plan for him more because of his speed. So, I mean, I can't be mad at him. I mean, it's frustrating for the fans because I even said this to my friends in the group chat, like, I hope that they get this done before whatever happens with Devontae Adams because that's totally going to reset the market. And Tyreek, in his mind, feels he's the best receiver in the league, and I can't fault him for feeling that way. At all. Over 1,200 receiving yards the last two years, 24 touchdowns total. Uh, that's not even including what he's done in a rushing game. And we, knows we, we know what he does as a, as a return specialist. We'll see what that gets done, man. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see the Chiefs kind of kind of wiggle around. But let's get to one more thing before we open it up to questions here on, on, on Chiefs Coast to Coast. We got some people rocking with us here in the chat. Got some questions. I uh, appreciate y'all tapping in here. I uh, just kind of want to touch on Deshaun Watson moving to the Browns, the subsequent move of Matt Ryan to Indianapolis, and the arms race that we've seen in the AFC it's stacked, man. Quarterback-wise, the AFC and the NFC couldn't be further apart. They're yin and yang. They're peanut butter and jelly. It seems like if you're an elite quarterback, you play <laughs> you play in the AFC. And uh, it got to feel good to Chiefs Kingdom to feel like uh, Patrick Mahomes is atop that, atop that pile in the AFC. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I was really scanning it the other day and, like, ranking the top five quarterbacks in each conference. And the difference is night and day. I mean, the NFC only has two elite quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. That's it. That's literally it. 
<laughs> I mean, the AFC, you could argue they have six or seven. So, yeah, it's definitely a different ball game over here. Obviously, I think the Chiefs have the best quarterback of the bunch, but the gap is is it's not as big. I mean, that's pretty obvious, especially within the division. I mean, this is the most talented division the NFL has ever seen. And I'm not being hyperbolic. I mean, literally, I want somebody to find a time in NFL history that one division had more talent on both sides of the ball than the current AFC West. And you can't find it. It's impossible. I mean, it's really crazy how things are stacking up right now over here. We know how much you love to be hyperbolic, Mr. Gunnels. I'm going to just read this list off. This is not <laughs> rankings, but I'm sure we'll have some beef with it. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Wilson, Watson, Ryan, Jackson, Carr, Tannehill, Trubisky, Lawrence, Tua, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Uh, even at the bottom, man, even at the bottom. If you're telling me that Mac Jones is my guy and they got him at 14 here on this list, I'm feeling all right. Uh, I know he's limited in what he showed us his rookie year, but it just shows you how deep the conference is. And it's no days off, especially for the Chiefs. I know they've had, and you touched on this and waved the towel for this in our debut episode, the rest of the league is catching up. The rest of the league is not helping the Chiefs out anymore. The rest of the league is understanding what it takes to beat Kansas City and for starters, it takes a, a a very good quarterback. Yeah, and you know I like it though because on the flip side, it forces it forces Brett Veach and company to remain aggressive, right? Like you can't get complacent. So, and we already know that Brett Veach is already aggressive anyway. But now that things are getting so close and the gap is closing, it forces him to even be even more aggressive. And I think it's great, and it forces the Chiefs to lock in more and to bring out their best, right? Because we've seen plenty of times over the past couple of years in games where the Chiefs would get out big and things and kind of let teams come back in there and they only end up winning by one possession and things like that. But now against these quarterbacks, there's no letting up. There's no scoring 24 in the first half and only scoring seven in the second half. No, there's none of that. Because I know a lot of Chiefs fans complain about Andy Reid you know, getting too conservative when once you get a big lead and kind of taking the foot off the gas. You can't do that anymore because Justin Herbert can come back. You know, uh, Russell Wilson can come back. Joe Burrow, we saw he can come back. You know, uh, I can keep going. Lamar Jackson, D Deshaun Watson. So I, lo I love it, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it, it shows you how close the margin of victory is in the league as well. We know it. How many games are decided by one score? How many games are decided by three points? It uh, It's a lot of teams realizing, hey, maybe we're not that far away. Let's go all in now. We know what the Rams GM said about his picks last year. <laughs> see, where it, see where it led him. It's interesting to see different people's philosophies on building the team, too. Uh, Kansas City's doing it one way, possibly because of, of their cap situation, but also possibly just because that's what their front office strategy is. Uh, other teams have different strategies. That was a lot to give up for Deshaun Watson, man. And, and then on top of that, to give him the most guaranteed money in NFL history, uh, you're pushing your you're pushing your cards all the way into the front of the table with that move. And, and we'll see if it pays off. Cleveland was a team that felt like they were close. There were some Browns fans after week one saying, see you in January. And, and they, didn't, they didn't even make it that far. We know that. It's uh, It's interesting to see. Yeah, 100%. I, mean, I remember that moment. Yeah, they were definitely 
like on some moral victory and energy. Like it was definitely very heavy on here on this app. I definitely remember that. <laughs> some little loose ends before we take some audience questions. Still got one guy sitting in here waiting. Make sure to get to him. Uh, Michael Burton back, Derek Naughty back. Jerron Christian comes in for, for depth. I saw Elijah Lee in. We talked about the Tooney restructure. Any of those names that are that are back in the fold, you feel like being an impact on, on Sunday for KC? How much of an impact are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I, I guess the low-hanging fruit here is probably Derek Naughty. He was a guy that uh, was crucial in the run game for you. And uh, as much as we talk about this defensive line, I mean, you can't be losing D linemen, man, especially dudes that have been productive for you in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Naughty's a good rotational defensive tackle for sure. There's no doubt. He's really good against the run. So he's a good body to have around. And I will say this about Michael Burton, too. I know he's a fullback, and the fullback is pretty much a stink. In, uh, in today's NFL, but there were some plays that he actually made some pretty crucial plays in some moments throughout the year that you can remember on the highlight reel. So, I mean, you know, he's a good guy to have around. I hope Andy Reid's not listening to this right now because I, for the life of me, will never understand why the Chiefs still carry a fullback. And a team that, that has such a dynamic offense as they do to just be trotting the fullback out Hey, there. man, you didn't see that touchdown run he had when he ran over, like, three guys? Come on, man. I think it's 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 a it's a sentimental thing more than anything at this point. You know, his <laughs> runs and darn it, he's going to have a fullback out there. I, I think Burton scored in the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, he may have scored against uh, Cincinnati. Am I tripping? Uh, I can't recall. I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of re erased that game from my memory. To be honest, oh, with you. I bet you did after you lost your damn. Yeah, album. yeah. So that game's kind of foggy for me. So oh. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that game anymore. <laughs> yeah, you ridiculous man. Get to these questions. This man's been sitting in here patiently. Appreciate y'all <laughs> rocking with us. I'm about to look up who Bird scored against. <laughs> All right, I'm bringing him in right now. It's connecting. And if you guys have any questions, don't be afraid to send that request. Hi, uh, good evening, guys. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. You know, I've been waiting here like it's been a while. It's 145 where I'm at, uh, so it's, it's getting a little bit late. Uh, okay, so I want to show some love to uh, Michael Hartman, too, man. He's, 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 he's a dog. He's a dog on the field. Uh, there, is no, there is no doubt about that. You all know that. It, He's working his tail off, as uh, Andy Reid said always about him. Uh, but let's put in consideration that we don't have such a DeAndre Hopkins or Devante Adams in our team. Just it's a fact. We don't have like uh, somebody that can catch contested catches like they do. Hopefully, uh, with sign of Juju Smith, is gonna do it on the on. I mean, week week to week. I mean, that's what we're hoping for at this point on that offense. But besides that, Mahomes, he never lost a game. Just let's put it this way. Mahomes, he never lost a game. It's a lot of questions in there. I appreciate my man coming to the stage and, and emptying the whole clip. He said, uh, we couldn't even score. We couldn't stop nobody. I the Chiefs fans feeling a certain type of way off that game. I'll take a couple of those you know i gotta take the mccall mccall cardman route you know that's you know that's the kate that's my guy uh i i think baby Debo will be all right 
I think he'll have a he'll have a role this year. I think Juju Smith Schuster will have a role as well, but he's gonna be in that same room. And I think the Chiefs have not given up on Josh Gordon yet either. There's a reason they brought him back. And we've heard we've heard what they how highly they think about him. I don't think he's done yet for him. So yes, McCole Hartman will have a role. Um I, we talked about their need for a corner earlier. Is it, it that's two of the questions. I think there's three more, Mark. What you got? No, I think that was it. A lot of it was a lot of statements going on in there as well. <laughs> um, you know, I appreciate them though. Appreciate you for listening. But uh let's try to keep our questions uh short and to the point, guys. <laughs> uh we got a couple more questions in here. I see my guy Charles is in here. About to bring him up right now. And I'm gonna get to you, Corey. It's connecting for Charles. All right, what's up, bro? Oh, so y'all like forget trying to answer all them questions, huh? Hey, that was a lot, man. That was a lot. <laughs> I feel you. But, Aaron, like, you cannot be serious with that fullback comment you just mentioned. See, listen, you guys are going to remember how important the fullback still is in the game of football. Like, I know y'all falling in love with this passing and all that, you know, these quarterbacks putting up all these numbers and stuff. But did you guys not watch – like, that's one of the most forgettable Super Bowls I have watched in a long time. And one day because the Bengals were being stupid – on fourth and one or fourth and inches, they calling passing plays that take it longer to develop than, and then they should. Like instead of just running playing smash mouth football, like that's what the fullback is there for for those fourth and one and fourth and inches. And then on top of that, they also uh didn't have Joe Mixon in the game late, but that's a different story. But you know, uh, you're breaking up, Charles. You're breaking yeah. up. He he thinking with the fullback. He he got dial up internet still. You know he he, he trying to. Try to get it right. I made my thoughts known. <laughs> I don't think that it's that bad, but I think there's ways to get your offense. Cooked. Hey, he was coming at you, bro. He said, "Respect the fullback, Aaron." Lord have mercy. I didn't know we were gonna be paper <laughs> for fullbacks this episode. Oh my God. I have nothing against Michael Burton. If Michael Burton ends up hearing this, salute. You have a role on the Chiefs. We know how much Andy Reid loves to use a fullback in his offense. I mean, it wouldn't be fourth and one without the use of a fullback in an Andy Reid offense, but. I- I think there's other ways. What do you think, Mark? Would you would you would you carry a fullback? I'll carry a fullback. I'll carry a fullback. I mean, it, I'm not like hard pressed about it, but if you put a gun to my head, I, I'll carry a fullback. Why not? Next speaker to the stage. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's up, fam? Okay, this one'll be kind of short and sweet. I'll give my draft crush and then see what your guys I want to see what your guys are based off our draft spot and our needs. For me, it's Kyer Elam. I think he'd be great opposite Sneed, good press corner, something we need kind of fill in for Ward. What do you guys think? What do you guys' draft crush is for where we sit at 30? Mark, that's all you. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. I appreciate that question, man. So, yeah, like I mentioned before, if a guy that is really special at receiver is there, like <laughs> Jamison Williams from Alabama, I would not be able to pass up on that. But if he's not there, then I will go the best pass rusher available. I think with corner, and I said this before, the thing about corner in today's NFL, and it's kind of the Brett Veach way of thinking, there's really no shutdown corners in today's league. I mean, even the best who you think is the best is probably Jalen Ramsey, right? We saw him get cooked several times in the Super Bowl. With the today's rules, you can't touch guys. And guys are too skilled 
And there's, there's just too many possessions in the game where teams are passing the ball. You're going to get beat eventually. So I feel like as long as you have a corner that's just good enough to get by, you're going to be okay. Because it's not really a such thing as a lockdown corner. We have to stop saying that. There's no island anymore. There's nobody taking away one side of the field. So I would either go wide receiver, if you think he's special at 30, or a pass rusher. Uh, we're going to go to Drew next. I know Aaron agree with everything I just said, so you don't have to speak, man. Just keep yourself on mute. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Hey, hey, what's up, Drew? Go ahead, bro. Hey, Drew, unmute yourself, my guy. My bad. What's up, y'all? What's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up, man? Um, I just had a question, question for y'all about the D, the D, the D, the uh, D, the yeah, the D line. Sorry, I can't talk today. Um, do y'all really? How do y'all expect the pass rush to be better? Um, and I know it's early. It's only March. They got plenty of time to sign a couple guys that might get cut. Um, the draft is deep at edge, so I'm not panicking. But with the imp- with the impact edge guys pretty pretty much signed, um, how do y'all think the pass rush is gonna get better? Because I mean, the numbers for the pass rush wasn't bad, but we just couldn't connect with sacks. We were like, I think 29th or 30th in sacks, um, and that's just not gonna cut it. So. Where do you think the Chiefs need to go um, as far as making their pass their their pass rush better? Because really, that's the last step for the defense to really evolve is getting that consistent pass pass rush. They haven't had it in I don't even know how 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 long it's been. So, where do y'all think they need to go? Hey, I, I, I'll take this one. Appreciate it. A good question and, and one we're probably gonna have to start having a weekly segment on, like like Mark would do his wide receiver two conversations. I think we need to start having D-line and edge rusher conversations. The Chiefs were never going to be high-dollar shoppers for edges. They were poking around Chandler Jones. They were poking around Darius Smith. Rumored to be interested in both of those. But ultimately, the price is just too high for Kansas City, who already has a lot of assets committed to number 55 and Chris Jones. Honestly, you need those guys to start off the year healthy. If they could both come into camp, uh, in good shape, healthy, ready to roll for week one. That's already an improvement from what we saw last year. Those guys, I think Chris Jones mentioned that wrist got banged up early in the year, and he was never going to be the same guy. Frank Clark came in, came in to help. Excuse me, came into camp hurt, and was never really productive throughout the year. He comes back on a different price tag. Cool, uh, he's a rotational piece, as Mark would call him. Uh, he's going to be in the fold. They're going to draft some guys. I think it's important for them to bring back guys like Derek Naughty, who can kind of stonewall in the middle and be a part of what you do and that continuity. But uh, I, you're right. They wasn't good enough last year. And Brett Veach kind of agreed with us on that and knows that that's a position of need. I wouldn't be thrilled if we go into week one with the room that they have right now. They obviously have work to do. Um, they'll, they'll get some guys in the draft. And, and we touched on that before. We'll, I'm sure we'll touch. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm guaranteeing we'll touch on that again. Oh, yeah, like next week. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys for the questions. We're going to end it with Joel here. What's up, man? Yes, Joel. I just got a quick Joel, question. Joel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's no, no, no problem. Can you guys speak on the fact that uh, Spags does not play rookies and that kind of hinders 
who we will and won't draft this year on the defensive side. And I'll listen. Oh, you said Spax doesn't play rookies? Absolutely. He does not play rookies. Look what he did with Bolton last year. He should have been. I'm, even, I'm not even going to get into 49 and 56 while they were on the field so often. But he just does not play rookies. All right, I'll take that. Um, yeah, Spax definitely has a, sometimes he'd be loyal to a fault, right? Where, you know, if he has guys that's been in the system for several years, you know, veteran guys that can pick up the system quicker, obviously, from being in the league and around different teams, he's obviously going to lean on those guys first, right? But I think it was a welcome sign to see that he was willing, I mean, albeit uh, some certain circumstances kind of led to it, but as far as Nick Bolton kind of being that main guy, you know, towards the middle of the season up into the playoffs. And then obviously Willie Gay, he didn't get that many snaps beginning of the year as well, but we saw that increase as time went on. And we're starting to see the front office kind of force it to the point where he's going to have no choice but to play these young guys now because you don't have an Anthony Hitchens there anymore. So you're going to see Willie Gay and Nick Bolton play pretty much all the snaps, right? They're going to have new corners, young corners. They're going to have a Justin Reed. You know, obviously he's not a rookie, but I'm just saying, younger guys in general, we're starting to see that movement where they're going off the Tyron Matthews and trying to get younger and faster and more athletic. So I think with this draft, especially with the way things look right now and with free agency kind of drying up, I think you're going to see those guys they pick in the first, or second, or third rounds are going to play significant stat- snaps. Uh, year one, week one. Yeah, it's probably a old <clears throat> can't teach new dog old tricks or old dog new tricks. I messed that up real bad. <laughs> I messed that up real bad. Nah, <laughs> I know what you meant. There's coaches that yeah, there's coaches that do that. Uh, I'm thinking of the NBA now, but Eric Spoelstra is a guy that you know he rides with his guys. His vets are his guys that he's gonna go down swinging with. We'll stick with him past expiration date. I know a lot of people have said that about some of those numbers that you mentioned, and while they do get a lot of the shine. It was not them solely alone that had a lot of the defensive la- uh, letdowns that we saw last year. Uh, the young guys are going to have to play because that's where Kansas City is going to have to win in the margins, um, at least until the cap booms and they get a little bit more cap space. But uh, at a certain point, your young guys are going to have to ball, and Nick Bolton showed us we could, what he could do. Creed Humphrey showed us what he could do. Trey Smith showed us what he could do. Uh, eventually, there's going to be more and more, more and more young guys stepping up for KC. Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. Man. Good pod. We headed to to Chicago in the morning. Uh, Rock chalk. Don't do it. You had to do it. Did you go to? <laughs> you didn't go to KU. You no, I just I just grew up a KU hoops fan, man. So you're a Lakers fan. You're. I'm a- not a Lakers. Stop <laughs> saying that. I am not a Lakers fan. Yeah. I'm a LeBron James fan. It's a difference. You also like a Manchester United fan. And- oh, my gosh. You're lying to the Kansas City people, man. I don't like Yankees for baseball. <laughs> oh, all right, bro. All right. Guy Wrap you- it up. Wrap it up. Stop. <laughs> what kind of guy you are now, man? <laughs> See y'all next week. We're out. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. 
dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.